We saw from the book of Genesis where God created uh, the heavens and the earth in six days and then rested on the seventh day. And then if we look at this scripture, 2 Peter 3.8, that says, Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Now we can't apply that scripture everywhere in the Bible we see the word day because it won't fit. But in the Genesis account, Bible scholars who are born again, and they believe that the word of God is the inspired word of God, they believe that creation took place in six 24-hour days. But if you apply 2 Peter 3.8, one year... Uh, one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Um, it appears that God gave man a lease on the earth of 6,000 years, which is very important. And then the 7,000 years will be the millennial reign of Christ. So we looked at this earth lease. Uh, we, we talked about during this earth lease, during this time, uh, this is why God has not eliminated all sickness, disease, poverty, and evil works from the earth now because the earth lease has not expired. The earth lease has not expired yet. This 6,000 year lease God gave man has not expired yet. Now, as you know, Adam turned around and he subleased the earth to Satan. So, now 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 refers to Satan as the god of this world, the little god of this world. So if Satan, if the New Testament says Satan is the little god of this world because Adam subleased the earth lease over to Satan, then Adam originally was the little god of this world. But unfortunately, he subleased it over to Satan. And that put God in a very, very awkward position. Because now, he was on the outside looking in. And he did not intend for Adam to sublease the entire earth over to his enemy Satan. But that's exactly what happened. Now, the Bible says, we, we looked at where it says, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. And that's where he's going to stay until we make the devil his footstool. So, the reason God has not come, you know, people, every time some disaster or tragedy happens in the earth, the first thing you hear is somebody say, well, why did God let this happen, you know? Why didn't God do something? Because God has leased the earth to man. And you and I are the body of Christ. And God allows what we allow. Because God cannot just come storming back in here and just say, I'm, you know, I'm just sovereignly going to eliminate all the terrorism and all the sickness and everything against the will of God happening on the earth, he cannot because he has given man dominion on the earth. That authority has been delegated to us. 
And God would be a liar. He would be breaking his word to Adam. If he just stormed back in here and just started, you know, taking control and just eliminating this, that, and the other, and Satan would have said, you lied. You're a liar. You can't come back in here and do that. I heard you. I saw you give dominion on this earth to Adam, to a man. Man has authority on this earth, and whatever, you've given him authority, and if he allows it, it can happen. So that's why God cannot just sovereignly come storming back in here. That's why we have to pray. That's why we have to know that authority, the authority of Jesus has been invested in the body of Christ. And it's up to us to exercise authority in the name of Jesus over all the sickness and disease and evil that's on the earth. Because if it's going to be stopped, we're the ones that's going to stop it. That's why we pray. That's why we use the name of Jesus. It's God's expecting us to make his enemy his footstool. So we looked at that. We saw that, uh, I, I read a survey where uh, almost six out of ten Christians do not even believe in Satan as, as their enemy. They just don't even acknowledge. They just believe he's a symbol of evil. So, so you can see uh, the, the state that we're in when six out of ten Christians do not even believe Satan is, is their enemy. You can see the, the advantage Satan has over Christians through ignorance and deception. So, uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, we looked at how in Luke 4, we, looked, um, we saw that Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth as a man, and he operated on earth with the authority of a man. He was the Son of God, he was God manifested in the flesh, but he operated in his ministry as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he said that himself in Luke 4.18 when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the captives free, uh, to, to preach... Uh, Liberty to them that are free, to preach the recovery of sight to the blind, and so forth. Uh, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus read from Isaiah 61 that prophecy concerning himself. He says, the Lord has anointed me to do this. Now, if Jesus was here on earth, operating in his divine God had powers as God. Why would God have had to anoint him with the Holy Spirit? There would have been no reason to. If Jesus were here on the earth operating as the Son of God using his divine Godhead power. He was not using his divine Godhead power. Philippians 2, we looked at that verse, it says Jesus emptied himself. He stripped himself of all his heavenly privileges. He left them behind in heaven and he came to earth as a man. That's why God had to anoint him with the Holy Spirit in order to destroy the works of the devil. So we, we looked at this. 
let's uh, let's turn on over to uh, John because we're headed that way. We saw how uh, Jesus had been the Son of God for 30 years on the earth. He was just as much the Son of God when He was 7 years old as He was when He was 30 years old. He was just as much the Son of God when He was 12 years old as He was when He was 29 years old. Yet we have no record that He ever performed one miracle. He never healed one sick person. He never cast out one demon until or after he was anointed by the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan when he was baptized in water by John the Baptist. And it was only after that that we see the miracles started, the sick were healed, the demons were cast out. So, this explains why Jesus had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. He had to be born with a flesh and blood body to have authority on the earth. He had to be born of a virgin or he would have been like every other fallen man. And Jesus referred to himself at least 30 times in the book of Matthew that I counted. He referred to himself as the Son of Man. Now, uh, let's just look at John 5 because we're going to be in John here for a few minutes. We'll see, we'll see Jesus himself proclaim this. John 5, 26 and 27. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Now, Jesus related to man. He had authority not because he was God's son, but because he was the son of man. He was the son of God, born on earth as a man, but he got tired like a man, he got hungry like a man, he got sleepy like a man, because he was on earth as a man. He's coming back, the son of man. Matthew 24, 27 says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, let's turn uh, to, well, hold your place there, uh, and let me just read 1 John 3, 8. We, we know this scripture. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It was because he was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and power that gave him the ability to destroy the works of the devil. The fact that he was a man born on the earth gave him the authority to have authority over the devil, but his ability came by being anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit you and I have, they gave him the ability to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to earth to get back everything Satan had stolen from Adam. Yes, Jesus is the Son of God. He was deity on the earth, but he did not operate in his earthly ministry in divine power. He performed miracles by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's available to you and me today. And this is something that religion does not teach. 
Religion says one day, you know, in the sweet by and by, we'll all be like him, you know, and, and we'll have authority over the devil when we get to heaven. Well, the devil's not going to be in heaven. We don't need authority over the devil when we get to heaven. We need it now. We need to know we have it now, and we need to know how to exercise it. 1 John 4.17 says, uh, As he is, so are we. Where? In this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Now, turn a few pages to John 10. This is kind of where we, we kind of covered this last week. Uh, and I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> spend a lot of time here. I'm just going to review. Uh, first one, verily, verily, I say unto you, this is Jesus, here he is again, verily, verily, I say unto you, it's this way and no other way. He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now here Jesus is referring to the devil, demons, and evil spirits. You'll notice in this little discourse here, he meant there are two different doors. The first door, in verse 1, he says, He that entereth by the door into the sheepfold, he's talking about entering the earth. The sheepfold represents the earth, not heaven. He that enters the earth, uh, he that entereth not the door into the earth legally, but climbs up some other way. He's a thief and a robber. Uh, so, what Jesus is saying here, this door, which is, represents legal entry into the earth, is being born here. Every, every, we're legally here because we were all born here of a woman. And that is the legal entrance into the earth. That's why Jesus had to be born here as through a woman. Satan was not born here. He climbed in some other way. So he is a thief and the robber that Jesus is talking about here. Now, we're going down to... Uh, Seven, Jesus said and began, Very, very, I say unto you, I am the door. Now this is a different door. I am the door um, of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear him. Verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now this door is the door into the kingdom of God. Jesus says, I am the door into the kingdom of God, and there is no other door that any man can go through to get into the kingdom of God. So the first door was the door into the earth, which is to be born here. The second door is the door to the kingdom of God, and he says, I am that door, and there is no other way to get into the kingdom of God except through me. Now, Jesus is saying 
that Satan entered the earth illegally because he was not born here. Any spirit being that enters this planet any other way than being born here can do very little on earth because they do not have authority here. This is why Satan had to borrow the body of a serpent in the garden in order to approach Adam and Eve. He has to manifest himself through a body, an animal, a person. That is the only way Satan can obtain any authority to manifest himself on the earth. Now in John 3, uh, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He was saying the legal entry into the earth is to be born of the flesh. The legal entry into the kingdom of God is to be born of the spirit. That's why he was explaining to him why you must be born again and what it means to be born again. He said that which is of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So Satan is illegal to this planet with no authority, but has lorded it over God's heritage by fear and deception to convince us that he is the big devil with the big power. But Satan is no match for any Christian born of the Spirit of God who knows his right standing with God. There are some things we need to understand about the authority God has given us. Number one, we have a flesh and blood physical body, and that gives us authority on this earth. Hallelujah. First John 3.8, we looked at it, it says, Jesus had the authority to destroy the works of the devil because he was born here. He was a legal resident. Jesus did not destroy the works of the devil until he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan. Because Jesus was born here with a flesh and blood body and lived perfect and upright under the old covenant, it was legal for God to anoint him to heal the sick, cast out demons, and destroy the works of the devil. So this is why a virgin birth was required. Because God had to have a way to get a man into the earth that was sinless. A man that was sinless, who would walk perfectly and upright under the old covenant, in order for God to anoint him with the Holy Spirit, so that he could destroy the works of the devil. This is the purpose for the virgin birth, and most people, including Christians, don't understand that. And Satan certainly does not understand that. And we're going to look at that as well. Now turn, uh, here we are, we're, okay, we're in John 10. Now you have in your possession a legal document which, con which confirms your right to reside on planet Earth. And it is called a birth certificate. Your birth certificate is a legal document and it is proof that you have a right to be here because you were born here. And if, when the devil comes around, if you don't know anything else to do, just get out your birth certificate 
and wave it at him and say, I'm the one with the authority here. You were not born here. I was born here. You climbed in some other way and you have no authority over here, over me or anything in the earth. And I'm taking authority over you with my words and I cast you out in the name of Jesus. We're going to see how Jesus handled demons and evil spirits and it's the same way we're to handle them. Two things. He forbade them to speak. Number two, He just cast them out. And that's the way we're supposed to handle the devil and evil spirits. Now, the devil knows what your birth certificate means. He is illegal. He does not have one that gives him a legal right to be here. Spirit beings have to have a body in order to manifest themselves and obtain authority in the earth. Now, God and the Holy Spirit are also limited by the same means. God and the Holy Spirit also have to inhabit someone's body in order to have influence and authority on the earth. So that's why God has invested authority in man he has to move through us. He can only heal through us. He can only destroy the works of the devil through us because he's also limited by the same restrictions. He has to operate through people on the earth just like Satan does, but for different reasons. Satan would have destroyed, he would have already destroyed the earth if he could, but he cannot on his own. He has to get into somebody. He can only work through somebody. He would just knock all the planes out of the sky if he could, but he cannot do that. <clears throat> when wicked people yield their body to him, he can work through them to manifest evil on the earth. Satan does not really care if you go to heaven or to hell. He just wants you out of the earth because once you are out of this earth, you lose your authority. That's why he wants you sick, crippled, or dead. Because it inhibits your authority. When people lose their body, they lose their right to operate on this planet. Once people are gone off this planet, they cannot vote. They cannot pray. They have lost their authority once they leave this earth. Christians should never be afraid of demons and evil spirits when we know that they have no authority here. Now turn to uh, Isaiah. This is a scripture. I looked and I looked and I looked for it for a long time and I, I would think about it quite often but because I didn't know the exact King James uh, I couldn't find it, but I found it. So I want to point this out to you. Isaiah 14. <clears throat> we know this, this is one of the accounts of where Lucifer, you know, rebelled against God and he was cast out of heaven. Uh, in Isaiah 14, verse 13. This is what he did, to how, how Satan fell. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will, I will, I will. I will be like the Most High. I will, I will overcome God. I will supersede God. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Verse 16. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? Now this is what people are going to say at the end of the age when we really see what Satan is. He's not the big devil. He's not the big one with the power that he's been making out and trying to convince everybody through their circumstances that he is. He's been using deception and lies to try to convince us that he's the big devil with the big power. But this God says people are going to look upon him and they're going to say, is this the one that caused me so much trouble? And he's probably going to be a little monkey looking thing it's about that tall. And we're going to look at him and say, you mean that little thing is the one that, that tried to destroy the earth? He deceived the nations? He deceived me? He's the one that has caused me all this trouble? He's the one that's been causing all the sickness and the disease and the terrorism and calamity on the earth? That little thing? That's what people are going to say. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be such, such an eye-opening thing. We're going to see him for who he really is. Satan can only exercise authority if you lend him yours. If you lend him your body, he will destroy you and send you to hell. And that's what the world out there, under his influence and deception, is doing. If you lend him your mouth, he will cause you problems. The Bible says we are to lend our body to God. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Uh, write down Hebrews 10.5 we won't turn there, but I'll read it to you. Hebrews 10.5 Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, talking about Jesus, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. Jesus got his authority by having a physical body. That's why he had to be born here. That's why he did not come in here any other way. He was born here just like you and I were born here because it gave him authority on the earth. Just like God gave Adam dominion, the first Adam, dominion over the earth. The Bible refers to Jesus as the last Adam. So he had dominion over the earth just like the first Adam. And he didn't blow it like the first Adam did. He didn't send like the first Adam did. Now let's turn to Luke 4. 
4. Now, I just a few minutes ago referred to this passage in, in verse 18. This is right after, uh, you know, Jesus had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and he had been come out of the wilderness. And he comes to his hometown, Nazareth, to preach for the first time. And he stands up and he reads from the book of Isaiah 61 about himself in verse 18 there. He, he proclaims what God anointed him. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do these things. And this is what Jesus preached everywhere he went. And people that believed it received. And people that did not believe it did not receive. And that's why the people in Nazareth did not receive from the ministry of Jesus. It says there he could do no mighty works. They didn't believe what Jesus said. They didn't believe the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. They believed he was just a local boy that grew up. He was a carpenter's son and so forth. They didn't believe what he said. They didn't believe what Isaiah prophesied. Now, let's look at verse 33. Jesus leaves Nazareth and he goes just down the road to Capernaum. Verse 33, And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now isn't it interesting that just up the road in Nazareth, after Jesus preached, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and so forth. You would have thought the religious leaders would have been so excited and the people would have been so excited to hear this. Hallelujah, this is the one we've been waiting for. Is that what they did? No. It made them so mad they took him out and tried to shove him off of a cliff. So Jesus left there with the religious leaders trying to kill him, went down the road to Capernaum, walks in the synagogue, and here's a demon who recognizes who Jesus is. Now isn't this interesting? The religious people who should have recognized Jesus they had the Old Testament scriptures. They knew when he would be born. They knew where he would be born. They had all the prophecies about the coming of Jesus. They did not recognize him when he was standing there in front of them. But a demon and a man recognized Jesus and knew who he was. Now that's pretty bad when demons and devils have more spiritual insight than the church leaders do. But that was the situation here. They said, we know who you are. You're the Holy One of God, so you leave us alone. You're, the, you're not a man. You're God manifested in the, in the flesh, but you're God. And we know God has no right to come in here and cast us out because He gave authority on the earth to man, and you're not a man, so you can't cast us out. What's happening here? Demons are challenging the authority of Jesus. Now, hold your place there and turn to 1 John. 
1 John 4. We're going to see what's happening here. First John four, verse three. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in is in the world. You can see here in this in Luke 4, and we're going to see a couple of other examples. These demon evil spirits would not confess that Jesus came in the flesh as a man. We're going to see that here in several, several other places. They said, we know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. They wouldn't confess that Jesus had come in the flesh as a man. That's why they thought he didn't have any right to cast them out. Now, Jesus, how did he, what did he, verse 35, And Jesus rebuked them, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out and hurt him not. So, Jesus just told him to shut up and come out. He was operating as a man, anointed, by the Holy Spirit. Now, turn back to Matthew 8. Look at another example. Matthew 8, verse 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? What do we have to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? They would not confessed that Jesus had come in the flesh as a man. This is what they did not understand. Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Jesus was not operating in his divine power as the Son of God on earth. And that is what the demons and evil spirits and Satan did not understand. That's why they kept challenging his authority to cast them out because they didn't understand he was on earth as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit. They thought he was here as God in his Godhead divine powers. And they were challenging him saying, you do not have the authority to cast us out because you're not here as a man. You're here as God. And God had, can't destroy us. He can't cast us out because he's given authority to man. We know he did in Genesis. That's why they keep challenging the authority of Jesus because they did not understand these things. See, the devil is not as smart as he makes us think. Now, when it says, Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? What time are they talking about? 
where it says, have you come to torment us before the time? What time are they talking about? They're talking about the earth lease. The 6,000 year earth lease that God gave to man. Have you come here, art thou come to torment us before the earth lease expires? You can't do that. That's the time they're talking about. They know there is a time coming when they will be destroyed. They know there is a set time when the earth lease will expire. In verse 29, they referred to Jesus as the Son of God. And they were saying, it's not time yet. The earth lease hasn't expired. You can't do this. You can't cast us out. And what, how did Jesus reply? One word. Go. That's all it took. Go. And they went. He showed them who had the authority, didn't he? They challenged Jesus' authority because they did not understand the virgin birth. They did not know what God had done to make Jesus' entry into the earth legal. Satan was confused about the virgin birth also. Write down uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 8. This shows us that Satan was confused about the virgin birth. He did not know what was happening. He did not know what God was doing. 1 Corinthians 2.8 says, Which none of the princes of this world do. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You can see Satan did not understand the virgin birth. He did not understand what God was doing to get Jesus into the earth and make it legal for him to destroy Satan and his works. One of the worst sights Satan ever saw was Jesus raised from the dead because he thought he was rid of him forever. The second worst sight Satan ever saw was on the day of Pentecost. 120 more just like Jesus, in the upper room, filled with the Holy Spirit. Satan could not handle one Jesus. Now all of a sudden he's got 120 more, just like him. He's got about 15 or 20 right here just like him. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Go. Yes. And we can say go. Because we're the ones with the authority here, not him. Before the day of Pentecost was over, there were 3,000 more just like him. Now, don't you know Satan was like going ballistic all over hell and the alarms were going off. And, and, and the demons were saying, Satan, you didn't tell us this. You know, you didn't tell us. You didn't tell us that, that you didn't have any authority. We thought you had the authority. You didn't tell us, you know, that that Jesus had authority on the earth and he could cast us out. You didn't tell us all of this. So they're confused. The upper room, the upper room, 3,120 more before the day was over with, just like Jesus. So it's not getting any better for Satan. Amen? Hallelujah. It was his appearance as a man that gave Jesus the authority to destroy the works of the devil legally. Now let's turn over to Matthew, uh, Mark 5. Mark 5. 
Mark, Mark 5. Mm-hmm. If it's hot back there, you can open that window. You can crack that window open a little bit if you want to. Mark 5, verse 7. This is another demon that's going to challenge the authority of Jesus. Well, we know this man, here we are, um, this man has come out of the tombs. We read about him. He had, you know, no man could even bind him with chains. And in verse 6 it says he ran up. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? Again, didn't understand that Jesus was here as a man in the flesh, anointed by God. Would not acknowledge Jesus had come in the flesh as a man. And 1 John 4 says, Any spirit that will not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Now, so he says, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now the word adjure here means command. It's like a commanding word. I command thee by God that thou torment me not. It's a military term. What's this demon trying to do? He's trying to bring God in on the scene to challenge the authority of Jesus to cast him out. He's trying to bring God on the scene and say, God, you come in and you take up for me because this, the Son of God is here trying to cast me out and I know He can't because He's God and I know that you gave authority on the earth to a man. So I expect you to take my side here. I expect you to take my side uh, as I challenge Jesus because He has no right to do that. So that's why this demon is trying to, trying to get God on his side. He refers to Jesus as the Son of the Most High God. He knew it was illegal for God to destroy the works of the devil because God had given authority on earth to man. He knew Jesus was the Son of God, God manifested in the flesh. What he did not know was Philippians 2. And Philippians 2, I referred to it a few minutes ago. Philippians 2. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't write down the verse this time. Uh, oh, I'm in Ephesians. No wonder. Okay, Philippians 2. Uh, verse 7 but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men now the amplified translation says he stripped himself of heavenly privileges this is what the demons did not know they knew 
Jesus was the Son of God come to earth, but they did not know that he had left behind in heaven and stripped himself of all of his divine benefits and divine powers. He left them in heaven and he came to earth as a man and he was anointed by God, which gave him the ability to destroy the works of the devil. And this is what the demons did not know. Until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the River Jordan, he didn't have the ability to cast out the devil. Now, let's turn to Mark, a couple of pages to Mark 11. Verse 27. Here he's going to run into these wonderful scribes and Pharisees again. <laughs> Don't you know Jesus just loved to see these people coming? <laughs> because they were always challenging him. And they come again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? They've been seeing these miracles. They've been witnessing these miracles. They've not just heard about them, they've actually witnessed them. Eyewitnesses to miracles. Eyewitnesses to demons being cast out. Eyewitnesses to, to miraculous healings and so forth. And they, they say, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said, Okay, I'll ask you a question. And if you answer me, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. Now, as usual, they began to reason among themselves. And they said, okay. They got in their little group over here and they said, okay. We've, we've worked ourselves into a corner here and we're in a jam. We were trying to trick Jesus, but now he's turned the tables on us. If we say the baptism of John was of man, then it's going to upset the people because they believe John was a prophet of God. But if we say the baptism of John was of God and from heaven, then Jesus is going to say, well, why didn't you believe him? So they worked themselves into a corner here. So they decided the best way out is just not to answer it at all. So they just refused to answer it. Now the correct answer was, if they had answered it, Jesus said if they would have answered it, they would have answered their own question. The baptism of John was of man. He was sent from God as a forerunner to Jesus. But the baptism of John was of man. It was a baptism of repentance. And that's the best that there was on offer at the time. The baptism from heaven is the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that is the baptism uh, on the day of Pentecost. Uh, you know, even John said, you know, he says, I, there's one coming after me that's mightier than me, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus was the one he was talking about. So, 
The baptism of John was from man. The, the, by what authority Jesus did these things? It was by his being born as a man. His ability to do these things came from being anointed by God, by the Holy Spirit and fire, gave him the ability to destroy the works of the devil. So, you can see how if they would have answered correctly, they would have answered by what authority Jesus did these things and by what ability he did these things. His authority came from a man. His ability came from God. The baptism of John the Baptist was of man. He was sent from God. But the baptism from heaven was the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's the baptism that you and I are baptized with. The baptism Jesus was baptized with. And that is how, that's how he had the authority and the ability to do these things that the scribes and Pharisees were trying to trick him up on. So, your body gives you authority on earth, so don't let the devil push you around. If you don't have the anointing of God, you may get pushed around. If you have been born again, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the same power that operated through Jesus. Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these. Jesus was saying, the power, the ability, that operates in me, it's not limited to me. It's also available to you. But you cannot believe any further than you have knowledge. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he went back to the tomb to pick up his body, now glorified. So after Jesus was raised from the dead, he had a glorified body. He didn't, he referred to it not as flesh and blood, but flesh and bone. Now when we're called up to be with the Lord, or we go by way of the grave first, and then we're resurrected, either way, we're going to have a glorified body, just like Jesus. We see in this glorified body, after Jesus was raised from the dead, He sat down and He ate food with the disciples, but he also walked through the walls. You know, he just went, you know. So his, he had a glorified body after he was raised from the dead. Now notice this. After Jesus was raised from the dead in his glorified body, there is no record that he ever healed one other person. There's no record he ever cast out one more demon. There's no record he ever raised anybody else from the dead or through physical ministry like he went around on earth before the cross doing, you know, laying hands on people and miracles and signs and wonders. There's no record Jesus ever did this after he was raised from the dead. Now you would think after he was raised from the dead, he would have gone back to the pool of Bethesda and he would have just healed all of them. You know, he would have just, he would have just healed everybody. He wouldn't have just, you know, been one or two. He said, wow, let's go for it. You know, let's heal everybody. There's no record that Jesus ever did any of these signs and wonders. Why? Because now 
he had been restored to his divine Godhead powers. Those divine Godhead powers that he had left behind in heaven when he came to earth, they were now restored to him. Now he's not on the earth operating as a man anymore. He's operating on the earth now with his divine Godhead powers restored to him. That's why now he does not have authority on the earth to cast out the devil anymore. Can you see that? He did not have the authority as a man over the works of the devil. He didn't have the authority it's to man that God has been given authority. That's why he had authority to operate here before he went to the cross. And after he was raised from the dead, he had, his divine powers had been restored to him. That's why he didn't heal any more sick. That's why he didn't do any more signs and wonders. Because he was on earth now as God in his divine power. Isn't that interesting? I just thought that was such a great... A great revelation that you begin to see what God has invested in us in us we have the same authority the same ability to destroy the works of the devil that Jesus had in his earthly ministry you have to have a physical flesh and blood body to have authority on earth in Luke 24 39 Jesus said his, he didn't have a flesh and blood body. He had a flesh and bone body. His blood was poured out for us to redeem mankind. He is seated at the right hand of the Father until his enemy is made his footstool. And then he's coming back. The only body Jesus has on the earth right now is the church. 1 Corinthians 12.27 says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. In order for Jesus to heal the sick, cast out demons, deliver and do miracles today, he's going to have to do it through someone who has a body on the earth. We have the body. God can't send the Holy Spirit to preach. He can't send angels to preach. He has to use a flesh and blood physical body. We have authority. This is why when the angel came to Cornelius' house and said, send for a man, call Peter, and he told him where to go, send men to go tell Peter to come here and preach the word of God to you. The angel could not preach the word of God to Peter. It had to be a man. That The angel didn't come and preach to Cornelius about the Gentiles could be saved. He said, the angel came to Cornelius and said, you send for a man, Peter, and he's going to come speak the word of God to you. So this is why God has to operate through men. That's why he has to preach. Of course, angels have a ministry on the earth, and we've talked about that, but it's not a preaching ministry. God has to preach and operate through someone with a flesh and blood body. The body of Christ today is the only legal authority on this planet to operate in the power of God, to heal the sick, bring miracles, and cast out demons. We have authority to destroy the works of the devil. 
When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon us just like it did Jesus. And we have the same ability and the same anointing to destroy the works of the devil just like Jesus himself was here. Amen?